Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Okay, so this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development live in the breakout room. And we have a very young entrepreneur, a special guest by the name of Puya Hidari, and he's a brand and business building expert. His information says Puya's consulting service has helped small businesses, multi-billion dollar companies, and celebrity entrepreneurs build scalable systems and succeed in the marketplace. Puya's emphasis on business fundamentals allows him to serve clients in any industry worldwide. So let's welcome this multi-talented, multifaceted entrepreneur, Puya Hidari, to the breakout room. Puya, how are you doing, sir? Doing well, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Same here. And thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us here today. On a lighter note, you're supposed to be going on vacation soon, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm actually leaving at the end of this week. So it, things ah. have been jammed here. We're working, taking calls, taking meetings and whatnot, but at the same time preparing to uh, leave at the end of the week. So a lot to look forward to. Yeah, great. Wonderful. So we just have about 45 minutes or so, but in that time, we hope that the audience would get to know a lot more about who you are, where you're from, uh, what you're currently doing and what you expect to do in the future particularly with regards to the services that you're offering, which are so essential in our business world today, and even for personal development. So Puya, tell us a bit about yourself as a young man growing up in your childhood days and some of the experiences that would have made life maybe a bit more challenging than you expected. Share some of that with us, please. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, so growing up, I was actually born and raised in Iran. I lived there till I was 10 years old. So I come from uh, the Middle East and then I moved over to the Western side of the world when I was 10. Uh, so those early years were definitely fundamental in my upbringing and really shaping my outlook, shaping my character, just shaping my view of the world in general. And uh, I always say this, you know, when I moved to the Western side of the world, I realized the abundance of opportunity that is available. And in a way, it sounds funny to say it, but I almost felt like I was chosen. I felt like, you know, all my friends, family back home don't have these opportunities. So the fact that I do, I better capitalize on all these opportunities ahead of me. So, you know, living and growing up in a different part of the world, all the challenges you would expect, 
uh, financial challenges, family challenges, things of that nature are always there. Um, I personally have a belief system that in those type of situations, you either just crumble and play the victim role or you rise to the occasion. And personally, for me, it was a very conscious choice to rise to the occasion, become the man of the house and sort of take charge of uh, circumstances at a very young age. And I think all of that really set the stage for the level of personal responsibility that I later took for my life. I think that's been a common thread from childhood to this day is taking personal responsibility for my life, for my decisions. And, you know, as my first mentor used to say, your outlook determines your outcome. So that outlook is extremely important. And that's what I've always focused on. So that's a bit of a full answer going back and forth on timelines to answer your question. Yeah, I love that. And it helps me to remember what I saw in your information. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. It says, but there were a lot of ups and downs along the way, but you decided to pursue the path of self-education. And key thing here, you dropped out of university to create your own future. What made you made that big, important decision? What was the catalyst behind that move? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm glad you've done your due diligence. So we, I can tell this is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, so, you know, I knew that I want to get into business from a very young age. Again, when I moved over here at 10 years old and I see what's available, the different lifestyle that's available, the wealth that's out there, I just told myself, you know, this is a life that I want to create for myself. I want to live a fulfilling life on my own terms and I want to achieve whatever measures of success that I want to achieve. So yeah. for me, the answer was business. And as I grew up and started to, you know, read more books and started to come across more information, I realized sales is a great avenue because sales allows you to get into any industry, uh, do well in any economy, control your own income. It's the exact same reason a lot of people don't like to be in sales because you're based on commission. Usually your efforts determine your commission checks and what you take home at the end of the day. So I knew that for me, that was a plus because I had no questions about my work ethic and my ability to learn and to be coachable. So I wanted to go the sales route. And all of this is happening in my mind by the age of 15, 16. So I knew already in high school that I'm not planning to really pursue the formal route. I want to go the entrepreneurial route. And it was just more in line with my nature. And uh, I got lucky enough to be introduced to my first mentor who was always stuck with me and who to this day, the lessons just repeat in my head over and over again, who was Jim Rohn. He mentored Tony Robbins, a lot of other high level individuals. Yeah. And uh, he used to say, as you probably know, formal education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. And that's all I needed to hear to make that decision. And uh, for me, thankfully, it was one of the best decisions that I made. But nowadays, as you can imagine, I get asked that question by 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, by clients of mine all the time. You know, should I go to university, go to college, drop out? And I never give an answer because I believe that has to be a real personal decision that you make for yourself. And you're choosing your own future. You're choosing your own outcome. So it's very particular. There isn't uh, one right answer. Yeah, I, I get that. And thanks for sharing, Puya. I really appreciate that. But on that same note, I think it's important for folks to recognize that there's only one way to know whether your calling is out there or not. And it's about taking risk. Um, the great Les Brown said, the only way you can understand how strong you are in life is when you take that leap of faith and you learn to develop and grow wings on the way down. A lot of people don't want to do that. But what, what, what kind of courage would you say does it take for you to be so explicit that you decided this is what I need to do 
because I have a desire? Is it a vision or a goal that they must envisage in mind? Or is it something that they should decide because, hey, everybody else is going this way. Maybe I need to go the other way. What kind of advice would you give? You said there's not really an answer, but if you were to give some guidelines, what would you say to people stuck in that position and they need to finally decide, look, I need to answer my calling. How do I do it? There's so much that I'd love to touch on based on what you just said, but I'm just going to try to keep my answer as direct as possible for the sake of time. Uh, First things first, in terms of risk, I genuinely believe most people have the wrong assessment of risk. Uh, What I would consider to be volatility, ups and downs, short-term challenges, obstacles, you know, headwinds, that's volatility. People consider that risk. Risk to me is what the greatest investors define as risk, which is permanent loss. Permanent loss of capital, permanent loss of a person, an opportunity, permanent loss of life, whatever it might be. That's risky. Uh, Volatility in business and in life is what most people think as risk, but that's not really risk. So I would just say, first of all, get very clear on your assessment of risk. And that also will really allow you to make more clear decisions, better decisions. Um, But in terms of what it takes, whether it's inspiration or whether it's a, a push or a drive to take those leaps of faith. For me, I I think it's a bit of both. There's desperation. So coming from a place like I came from, having no opportunities, seeing what the worst outcome could be like, seeing what life very much could have been like if I had just stayed there. Yeah, That's desperation, which I believe is a huge driver. Uh, And I think that pain and that fuel always gets you going. That's why I have this picture behind me. The black says pressure. The red says pressure is a privilege, right? So that's desperation. But at the same time, I think there needs to be inspiration as well, right? So what are you looking to create for yourself? What type of future vision do you have for yourself? I was very clear on one thing since a young age, and that was I want to live life on my own terms. I've always had this sort of, you could say, adverse relationship to authority or authority figures in a respectful way, but just internally, I've never wanted to be told what to do. I've always been extremely stubborn. I've always had to make my own decisions. I used to make a joke back in the day, and I would say, you know, if God came down from the skies and told me what to do. I would have to take some time to think about it and make that decision for myself, <laughs> right? Like that is the level of, that is the level of almost stubbornness that I have to a fault, yeah. but that helps in other, yeah. in other avenues. So yeah. I think it's, it's both desperation and inspiration to help you take that leap of faith. Thank you. I appreciate that point. What I'm looking at is I'm hearing two things coming out of your response. One clarity and two attitude. And which takes me to my next question. How do you help businesses to scale themselves, increase their market potential, and literally find a bigger access to the market that they serve? What are some of the things that you advise them to do to get to that place? So going into more business-specific discussion now, there is a lot that we do when it comes to strategies, when it comes to tactics. With every business, the most important part of that business is sales. And without sales, you don't have a business, you have a hobby or a passion, right? You don't have revenue coming in, you don't have cash flows, you can't reinvest in the business. So I focus on the most important part of any business, which is sales, which I boil down to two parts, client acquisition and client retention. That's what it comes down to. So all the strategies and tactics and everything that I focus on with my clients is around that. Client acquisition is all the top of funnel stuff in terms of lead generation and getting in front of your target market and really putting an offer that is hard for them to refuse in front of them that is genuinely bringing value to the market. And the client retention is all the back-end fulfillment 
uh, types of aspects of the business to really deliver a premium experience, deliver a top of line experience, because that's what you're competing with. In business, you're competing with your client's last great experience with yeah. a product or service similar to yours. So you want to make sure that experience is world-class. So those are the two areas I really focus on. Of course, in those umbrellas, there are you know countless hours of training and yeah. details yeah. that we go into, but that's the main area. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing, Puya. I'm looking at businesses internationally, and the reality is that many of them are struggling simply because of having to deal with the negative impacts and outcomes of the pandemic, COVID-19. But then if you desire to continue in business, there is something that is called rebranding. And there's also something called seeking new target markets, as you so rightfully said. How do you get a business that was once surviving strong before the pandemic, but after the pandemic, they're struggling? And they need to re-identify their place now because it's no longer the norm. Things are different. The dynamics of everything has changed. Marketing has changed. IA is in. The economy is changing. How do they make adjustments to make themselves more relative and relevant to the market that they are seeking to conquer? Yeah, that's a great question, especially in times like this. I think... Um, for all entrepreneurs, if there's one lesson we've learned over the past few years, it's that you want to think long-term and you want to make yourself and your business economy-proof, okay. right? Economy-proof, recession-proof, uh, even adverse to you know events, black swan events like we had, like a COVID pandemic or something along those lines that is really not predictable. Mm -hmm. uh, most people are not realizing that something like this is about to occur. And I was involved in a lot of different companies myself where we had sales teams and we had to go remote and shut down offices. And there was a lot that I was involved in as well that I saw firsthand. Um, I would say, first things first, we just have to acknowledge that some businesses were hit really hard and uh, it was you know, not of their own doing and something they couldn't have foreseen. And uh, some businesses completely went under and that's just a reality. That's the cost of doing business. It happens. It's the reality of the world. Um, what we can take away from that is all the lessons. What we can take away from that is being prepared. And one thing a lot of businesses can do moving forward in their rebranding, in their efforts to be prepared and think longer term is have multiple avenues of revenue, have you know safeguards uh, in their business so that they're not very much tied down to one avenue or one income source or one form of traffic specifically. So if that's get, that gets shut down, all your revenues out the window, so I would say just really looking long-term, three years, five years, seven years, 10 years at what type of business you want to build. This is something we do all the time with my clients, starting yeah. with the end in mind. What yeah. type of business model do you want to build? What type of business do you want to have working for you? Do you want to go larger scale, smaller scale? Do you want to have a big team, a small team? Do you want to deliver a very premium experience to a very select few clients? Do you want to you know, deal with thousands of clients at, at scale? You got to really look at the end in mind. And then I would say, make sure to always have safeguards, make sure right. to always have uh, multiple traffic sources, multiple revenue sources, multiple offers, packages, tiers, things that you do. And then of course, just be wise financially. So make sure that your business accounting is in place so that you could sustain yourself if some unforeseen circumstance uh, happened like the past three years. So I think as much as it was unfortunate, it was actually a a huge time of opportunity for a lot of okay. entrepreneurs, including yeah. myself. And I think there are a lot of lessons to draw away from it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, and thank you for being so explicit, Puya. Um, I get the gist of it, and I hope that it makes true value to those who would need that kind of information. I'm staying with business a bit because I'm looking at two words. One, amalgamation, and two, collaboration. We have seen instances where Facebook bought WhatsApp, Elon Musk bought Twitter, and then we saw BMW, Mercedes, and Audi come together and amalgamated and collaborated and have become now like one force to reckon with. How important in this current cycle it is for companies to merge, collaborate, or join together and work as one instead of being a separate entity? Yeah. So as for mergers and acquisitions, because that's not my area of expertise, I just uh -huh. won't comment on that because I think that's a whole different deal than collaboration. Okay. In terms of collaborations, I'll definitely expand on that because I think that's really important, especially in today's economy. With larger businesses, they have a ton of manpower, a ton of resources, a ton of capital at their disposal to deploy and to take over market share, to do mergers like you just discussed, to really take the space if they want to, especially in times of opportunity like the past few years. With smaller businesses, they don't have these luxuries, but what they do have is the ability to maneuver. What they do have is the ability to make decisions fast and mm -hmm. make those immediate adjustments on their products and service lines, on okay. the price points, on the yeah. teams, on the direction the business is heading, on the mission and the vision of the business. So small businesses come with a lot of their own advantages. I would say if you're a small business owner, if you're a solopreneur, beginner entrepreneur, collaboration is extremely important. Collaboration, just like we're doing here, me and you are having this conversation, we're adding value to one another. Our friendship is a form of collaboration. I yeah. think in whatever forms small business owners or entrepreneurs can find collaboration, in today's world, it's a creator economy, right? An economy of creators. Everybody has a brand, whether you like it or not. Everybody's on social media. Everybody's products and services are out there. So the more you can collaborate, the more you can do joint projects together, the more you can uh, be on each other's platforms and uplift one another, I think the more you're going to serve yourself. It's not a, a famine world or a famine mentality where it's, you know, if I win, you lose. Business is, is not a zero-sum game, right? Yeah. So I think collaboration is extremely important because the more I uplift you, the more it shows about my character. The more you uplift me, the more it shows about your character. And that friendship is going to be seen. That value that we mutually bring to the market is going to be seen. So I think for most small business owners, that's a huge advantage. Collaboration is one we definitely want to be capitalizing on. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks for sharing. So I'm looking at your information here and I see something that is called the inner circle group. Tell us a bit about that, Puya. Sure. So funny enough, actually, we had a call with my inner circle group earlier today, just a couple hours ago. Uh, and I ran a two-hour training on a lot of the topics we're discussing here. So the inner circle is actually what I'm personally most passionate about right now. I'm glad you asked me about that. I've never been asked about that on any podcast. Uh, so great new question. That's a bonus yeah. point for a first-time question. I hear um, so it's something I'm very passionate about. It's a group of like-minded individuals. We have clients in there from all over the States, Canada, UK, uh, different parts of Europe, Singapore, Australia, parts of Asia. So it's a worldwide uh, network of entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business owners, from beginners to seasoned veterans. Uh, the connections that occur there are incredible. I've had people start joint ventures in that group. I've had people collaborate like we talked about. And then, of course, I bring a ton of value as well, myself and my team. So that's a, a community and network that we have where you get the two things that I think everybody needs, the right, right. information and the right network. 
The right information gives you the next steps to take, gives you the clarity of mind to take action on your goals. The right network opens doors for you, opens opportunities for you. Even if you simply just see others winning and crushing their goals, it allows you to expand your mindset and believe that you can do it as well. So we focus on those two things, the right information and the right network. That inner circle group has them both. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing, Puya. You, you brought some clarity to that. We appreciate it. We have an influx of AI. We have chat GPT and so many different entities popping up, coming out of Silicon Valley, et cetera. How important is it for businesses to recognize that there's a level of transition that is taking place? And it's not necessarily having the fear that AI is going to take over natural human resource or human connection, as the case might be, but rather see it as a tool that can be used to enhance the current operations that you are doing. Are you doing that with your company and are you advising your clients to do the same or is it let's tread carefully and see what happens and then maybe if it's working, we, we can get on board. I think uh, AI, just like email, just like search, just like social media is here to stay. Whatever right. variations and forms of that are to come in the future, who knows? And we're all doing our due diligence and research and staying on top of things and watching the evolution of it all together. But the reality is if you're a business owner and you're not already utilizing some of these tools, you're already behind the ball. You're already behind. That's just the reality. So yes, of course, myself, my teams, my clients, we all uh, utilize some of these tools, uh, utilize AI to really assist us, to help us in our systems and our processes and our uh, different aspects of our business. So I think it's it can be a very beneficial tool, especially again for small business owners who don't need to have you know ten employees anymore. You can have uh, some of these tools handle mm -hmm. a lot of the different yeah. aspects of the business for you. Yeah. So in terms of reducing overhead and also saving you a lot of time while allowing you to maximize and expand into the marketplace, I think AI is huge. I think uh, a lot of these tools are here to stay, and they're only going to get better. So I would highly recommend everybody get accustomed to them, start to study them, just play around with them. And like anything else, you're going to learn how best uh, to use them. And there are a lot of people sharing great information on how to best utilize these apps. And I think uh, you do yourself a favor to, to utilize these and incorporate them in your business. Yeah. Yeah, it's great because there's a lot of information about AI out there and we need not let it just pass us by, but hop on board and be a participator. Appreciate that, Puya. I'm looking at your personal business um in terms of what you do and your team and so the question is Puya, how do you keep your people motivated to reach for that level of success that i know you passionately desire and and we are grateful that you have that that passion you have brought to the show we, we can hear it in your voice the consistency in the things that you have done but how do you pass on this motivation to your team so that you maintain that level of success for your clients and those who would come on board to join you in business. I think uh, leadership and leading a team, especially in business for yourself, is uh, very multifaceted. I think it starts with you leading by example and uh, you actually practicing what you preach as the leader. Yeah. We used to have a saying with a lot of our sales teams when I was building sales teams for different companies, and we would tell the management teams all the time, your team are going to copy a very small percentage of your good habits, and they're going to copy all of your bad habits. Yeah. So as a leader, you better be able to demonstrate your leadership. You better be able to uh, lead by example. So that would be first and foremost. Uh, the second thing is something that one of my favorite people, Charlie Munger says, Charlie Munger, for those who don't know, is uh, Warren Buffett's uh, 
business partner. He's on the board of Berkshire Hathaway, Daily Journal, Costco, uh, very successful individual. And uh, one of the things he says is you get what you incentivize. So people mm. respond to incentives. So yeah. this applies to sales because I've built a lot of compensation plans for sales teams. So it's very clearly seen in that scenario, in that context. But this applies to every part of life. It applies to your relationships. It applies to your friendships. You get what you incentivize. You incentivize a certain type of behavior. Chances are you're going to get that behavior. So I would say make sure you have the right incentives in place for your team so that they work towards those incentives. And those incentives are aligned with the company's goals, aligned with your overall bigger goals and missions. Um, so I would say focus on that. And then third would be just on a practical level. You want to have uh, reporting systems in place. You want to have meetings in place. You want to have weekly check-ins in place. There are a lot of tactical things that we give out to our clients and that we do ourselves and our own teams uh, to make sure that we're always on top of everything to do with our numbers, to do with our sales teams, backend teams, whatever it might be. So uh, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly reporting needs to be incorporated in the business so that you always know your numbers, you always have a handle on the business, and you always know what direction you're headed. Yeah, great. Puya, I sense that you have literally linked or tied in your personal values to that which you actually do in business. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> How do you help people to do that? There are some folks that have it separated uh, apart, not aligned. There's a clash. How do you guide them to have that sort of synergy with their personal values aligning with that of the company? And then you have a force, something to reckon with. Yeah. So that's a great eye that you have for spotting that. Um, you know, I can teach sales. I can teach a lot of marketing strategies. I can tell a lot of, teach a lot of business scaling strategies. That's the easy part. Teaching yeah. what you just said is the hard part, uh, uh, because that requires a lot of self awareness and acquire, it requires self reflection. Mm -hmm. It requires you to really want to pursue your business and pursue your goals all in one. It requires a real commitment to your future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard to teach. It's hard to pass on. I can only tell you for myself, I've always been an all or nothing type of person. So my business and my personal life and my relationships and my goals, they're, they're all tied to each other because they all revolve around the same thing. They're all revolve around myself and my future and, and whatnot. So I haven't had a hard time aligning that. I've always had my priorities very clear yeah. and, uh, I've always been all in on pursuing those priorities. And I think that's probably where the big mistake is. A lot of people segregate all the different aspects of their lives. Mm -hmm. And then in that way, they're spread too thin. Their focus, yeah. their attention, everything's spread too thin. And they're not really making any measurable progress in any direction. And therefore, they're not happy with their relationship. They're not happy with their health and fitness. They're not happy with their business. And then as a result, they're diminishing their self-confidence. The more they diminish their self-confidence, the more it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle, right? The more you're just not in a good place, mentally, physically, spiritually. So it's, it's going to just feed itself. And that, that whole cycle is not a cycle you want to be in. For me personally, just like you said, I'm very all in with all the different areas of my life. So I'm pursuing everything with full force on all fronts, yeah. right? And, and yeah. to me, it's all part of it. My learning process, my business, my relationships, my self-development, it's all tied in together. As you get better, your business, your relationships yeah. get better, yeah. right? So for me, it, it's all tied in. And I believe in wanting to have it all as opposed to some limiting belief uh, where, you know, you can only focus on one thing at a time. Mm. Interesting. That makes so much sense, Puya. Thanks for sharing. No problem. What I was really hoping that answers your question. I wasn't too oh, yeah. sure, but, oh, but yeah, that's the best does. way that I can answer that. 
it does. It makes perfect sense to me. It does. It 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 aligns my thought and and my belief in exactly what you said. The thing about it is that we all have future aspirations and goals, and already it, your your ambition, your level of ambition has already been established. What does the future look like for PHU? What are your expectations going forward? And some of the things that specifically you think you need to address or accomplish going forward. So th there are a lot of specific things that I personally want to accomplish and I want the business to accomplish. Um, the goals are always there. One thing that I've actually done you'd be interested in is I've gone from really long-term goals to uh -huh. more thinking three-month, six-month, 12-month okay. goals and more really doing the best at what I currently do and letting that open the next door. Uh, because I grew up setting really long-term goals and I realized that comes with its own downfalls, right? When you're always thinking very, very long-term, it almost makes you resent the current state of things because you're nowhere near there. Uh, yeah. It's almost a procrastination mechanism because you can tell yourself, you know what, I'm just going to hang out and watch movies today because, you know, that goal is 10 years away anyways, right? So it, it gives you a lot of uh, cop-outs, you could say, when you set mm. super long-term goals. But when you start to think three-month, six-month, 12-month goals and targets, you can't, you don't have that luxury anymore, right? If you have a three-month goal, you got to get to work today, right? If you have a 12-month goal, you got to start to put the pieces in place today. And then you'd be surprised where you are in 12 months and then where you're going to be in the next 12 months. And that sets the foundation. So that's the way I look at things. Uh, but from a general scope, a general point of view, I just want to help a lot more people. I want to be able to uh, scale out the PHU platform and what we do to a lot mm -hmm. more clients, help a lot more businesses, be able to accomplish their goals and live fulfilling lives on their own terms that would in turn accomplish everything that we want to accomplish as well. And for me personally, it's a lot more of personal, physical, and spiritual expansion, uh, a lot more traveling, a lot more gaining perspective, and uh, a lot more, again, giving back in turn. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. I love the clarity that you have spoken with, uh, Puya. And I'm thinking now technology is moving at the speed of light. Business is moving also to try and keep the pace together with technology. So when you're thinking about planning for the future, you have to think realistically. And if you're only thinking three years, two years, five years, you're going to miss so much. So it makes more sense to put in those short-term goals. Mm -hmm. And it's like going back to the old adage, Rome was not built in a day. But yet, at the same time, you need to progress every single day of your life, at least by 1%. I mean, that's my philosophy, at least. Mm -hmm. Grow, self-development. Warren Buffett said it. The greatest investment you can make is in personal growth and self-development. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Particularly for CEOs, men who are in charge of businesses or large corporations, how important it is for them to get the persons that are under them to understand not only the goals and the values of the company and to align themselves, but to see that they are an integral part of what the company is doing. In other words, I'm not just an employee. I'm not just a nine to five or eight to four or whatever system they work, but this business is part of who I am. How do we get people to buy in and to think that they are also owners, if, even if practically they don't own a single share but the atmosphere, the culture in the company can cultivate that. Can that happen? And if so, how? 
Yeah, that can definitely happen because I've been one of those employees early in my career when I was in sales and I worked in a lot of different companies. I worked across seven different industries. And anytime I was in a sales position in whatever industry I was in, I took responsibility for that business like it was my own. I was the first one there, last one to leave. You know, I took charge of, you know, giving the best experience to the customers. And of course, the way that I did that was I tied the accomplishments and the business side of things to my personal goals. So I knew if I want to accomplish these personal goals, I have to reach these levels within the business. So I always did that. So it's definitely possible um, to just acknowledge what you said earlier really quickly on the short-term goals and the pace Mm -hmm. of uh, business and technology. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. You know, I I think long-term with a lot of things as well, if I'm going to pursue a business or if I'm going to pursue a certain uh, industry or product or service line, I'm going to think longer term. But when it comes to goals and targets, it's always shorter term so that we can really double down, do the work, get there, accomplish that and move forward. But right. when it comes to uh, overall strategy or overall business pursuit, I always think longer term. In terms of pursuing uh, a career or a business, I have a personal rule I share with people all the time. If you're not going to do it for the next three years, seven days a week, 12 hours a day, it's probably not the right thing for you, right? Okay. If you're not willing to make that commitment, somebody else will, and they're going to beat you at that, right? So yeah. Yeah. it's uh, I do think long-term with a lot of things, but when it comes to goals and targets, short-term. Um, yeah. In terms of your question of getting people to buy in, getting your teams to buy in, mm-hmm. I would say, first of all, hiring the right people. The hiring yeah. process can can be improved to really get high performers and individuals who are willing to be a part of it. Uh, I've seen and heard of some very interesting hiring processes. So you can get creative and look at how you can do that in your business. Um, again, incentives. So you could tie in ownership shares, profit shares, things of that nature to the compensation plan if you wanted to for your higher level uh, or executive individuals. And then the final point would be just have a great product and service, have a great business, uh, have a great vision for that business because then people will want to follow. The right people Mm -hmm. will want to work with you, right? If if you're a Steve Jobs building an Apple, you're going to have talent wanting to work with you, right? So I would say those three pieces would be very helpful in terms of hiring and retaining uh, quality recruits. Yeah, great. Thanks for that output, Puya. We appreciate it. So let's look at technology. Um, We're going to have a little bit of a fun here. I hope you don't mind. But I usually do this coming down to the end of my episodes. I ask them simple questions. My guests and I give them the opportunity to choose one or the other. And I usually would ask them why. It's just like quick on the spot. Okay. From a business perspective, Apple or Microsoft? You said quick, so this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> uh, I'll just go Apple. Why? I think... Uh... The future vision is more promising, although Microsoft is a great company and people don't understand how strong they are at the core and the acquisitions they have under them. But I'll just go Apple. Uh, Future, future vision. Okay, great. On a lighter note, would it be peanut butter and jelly or ham and cheese? Mm. (laughs) I'll go, uh, I'll go peanut butter and jelly. Right. Why? Just because of the peanut butter. I mean... Uh, I like cheese as well, but not a not a, a fan of ham much, so I'll go peanut butter. Yeah, you know, most people I ask that question tell me peanut butter and jelly, and I say why? They say you just can't resist peanut butter, man. I mean, it's yeah. it's like the thing that could go with almost anything. I appreciate that. So, your favorite pastime is it 
Sunday evening baseball or Sunday night NFL? Definitely NFL. Ah, that was quick. Why yeah. NFL? I mean, I, I hate to offend people, but I just have to say it. I don't even know if baseball is considered a sport. I mean, it's <laughs> if you can be that out of shape and play the game, I don't know uh, if that's a sport. But okay. uh, NFL, I mean, I played sports growing up. I played rugby, which was mm -hmm. uh, fairly close to football. Yeah. And uh, football is just more fun, more entertaining, more, more action. So I would definitely choose that. I hear you. I hear you. So finally, and this is more of, of a sporting uh, motor vehicle-like kind of consideration. BMW or Mercedes-Benz? I think this one's going to ruffle some feathers. Uh, uh, I would personally go Mercedes. Why? More classy. Ah, there you go. There you go. You know, I was looking at some information about Brandon. And one of the things that they discovered is that the Mercedes company, the whole story behind what their philosophy and their beliefs are is that when they sell a motor vehicle to someone, it gives them the ability to feel as though they are as valuable and even more valuable than the vehicle itself. So you get that sense of royalty in purchasing the Mercedes. And it, it is shown throughout the world, particularly in some oil-rich countries. What is the first thing that you see they own? Some model of a Mercedes-Benz. So I get mm -hmm. it. I understand that so much. Okay. That's exactly so are, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> We are coming down to the end of our program. It has been really interesting. Could you share some of your personal, um, I don't want to use the word pains or ills, but if there are some things in the world that you think we should not have to grapple and deal with as people universally, name one or two that you think we shouldn't have to deal with at all. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking from a very macro perspective, mm -hmm. worldwide speaking, uh, the first that just came to my mind is poverty. I, I think uh -huh. that's pretty, it's pretty unfortunate that we have to deal with that. I think we have the resources and, and the tools necessary to be able to do something about that. Yeah. Um, the second will probably be healthcare. Similar, a lot of uh, impoverished countries don't have the right healthcare. Again, I think when the pharmaceutical companies are making billions and billions of dollars quarterly, I think they could uh, make a difference if they wanted to. But again, it's the pros and cons of capitalism. It, it comes with it. It is about the finances and the money and making shareholders happy. So they're not going to be you know, just altruistic and you know give everything away and, and change the world. But it's unfortunate. So that's something that I would love to see change. Um, those are the top two. I mean, there are many more, but that's what immediately popped into my head. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate that. And so we have come to the end of this amazing program. Our guest, Puya Hidari, he's a brand and business building expert. And his company, PHU, is continuing to achieve wonderful things as he leads his team into the future. So, Puya, at this time, we'd like to give you the opportunity to share um, your hashtag handles, how people can make contact with you, the media services. They need to get your, you know, speaking opportunities, your training capabilities, whatever it is, just let them know how they can make contact with you. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you guys can all go to uh, the website, puyahidari.com. It's just one word. You can find everything there. You can schedule a call with my team. You can see some of the um, details of the programs and trainings that we have available. You can also check me out on any social platform. It's mm -hmm. at puyahidari. 
And uh, if you just send us a message there and let us know you're from Andy's show, we'll be happy to send you a free gift, send you something that would help you with your business. So uh, any platform, it's Apuya Hidari. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. So my final question to you is this. If someone were to ask you to summarize who you are in one statement or one sentence, what would you say to them? I would probably use the Marcus Aurelius quote, be strict with yourself and tolerant with others, because that uh, sums me up in a lot of different ways, personal life, business life. I'm extremely strict with myself, have uh, extreme standards for myself, and I hold myself to those standards, but I'm also extremely tolerant and uh, open with everybody else. So that would probably be the, the quote that would sum me up the best. Yeah. Sounds like a good candidate for emotional intelligence. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. You have been a wonderful guest on our show. That's it, folks. We have come to the end of this version of the breakout room from Andy's personal development, your host here, Andy, and our guest, Puya Hidari, right here in the breakout room live. Until next time, this is Andy saying, remember our three watchwords, always seek for health, happiness, and prosperity. And remember, your story matters. You are valuable. And that's the reason why you are here in the world today. So until next time, Godspeed, Shalom. God bless. Namaste. Bye for now, folks. All right. So I can.